All Souls Day trumps pretty much any other liturgical day. So because it fell on Saturday this year, our vigil mass had to be an All Souls Mass. So that's why we had the candle procession. That's why I'm wearing purple. If you've never been to an All Souls Mass, because this happens rarely, an All Souls Mass is essentially a fancy funeral. The possible readings for the day are the readings for a funeral. Um, We celebrate everything basically except the insensation of the casket. And I don't know the old rite well enough, but they might have used to do that during All Souls Masses. Not sure. The point of this is to say, I had to write two homilies this weekend, and you're getting the spontaneous one. A few notes. First, there is a reason that November 1st and November 2nd go together. November 1st is the Feast of All Saints. November 2nd is the Feast of All Souls. In case you haven't put two and two together, the church is divided into three parts. We have the church militant, which is the church on earth still fighting the good fight. We have the church triumphant, which is the church in heaven triumphing in the victory of Christ. And we have the church penitent, which is the church in purgatory, doing penance in preparation for heaven. November 2nd and November 1st go together because all three are the church. The church is not just the church on earth. All three are the church. And so we have a feast day for the other two parts of the church. November 1st is a day of great rejoicing because we rejoice with all of the souls who are in heaven, all of the ones who have made it, all of the ones who have triumphed. November 2nd is not a day of rejoicing. November 2nd is a day of prayer because for the souls in purgatory, we offer our prayers and our penance. I have an option to wear three colors today. I can wear white, which is what we normally do at funerals because we normally emphasize resurrection. I can wear black, but we don't own any of those. Otherwise, maybe. Or I can wear purple. We got plenty of that, so that's what I've done. Purple is a color of penance. It is a color that we wear during Lent and during Advent, both of which are penitential seasons. The point of the All Souls Mass is to come together and pray for all of the souls in purgatory. Now, let's talk a little bit about purgatory. I love purgatory. Two things. First, C.S. Lewis, who I'm not actually sure believed in purgatory, but he had a great image of heaven and hell. He basically said, heaven and hell are who we are multiplied by infinity. So, if we have a soul that is open to the grace of God, that is living a godly life, and you multiply that by infinity, you have the saints in heaven. If you have a soul that is closed to God, that has separated itself from the things that are holy, and you multiply that by infinity, he says you become an everlasting disgrace. Well, the problem is that I think most of us have a divided heart. And so if you multiply by a divided heart by infinity, things get weird. Praise God for purgatory, because most of us, most of us, especially the ones who are going to church, right, here, trying trying our best, we try as best as we can to grow close to Jesus, but we struggle with our divided heart. We struggle with the things that we can't let go of. We struggle with the sins that we just can't kick out of our life. And so again, 
praise God for purgatory because all of that work that we struggle to do on earth, all of that work of virtue, all of that work of penance, all of that work of trying to live a good and holy life, God gives us the chance to do that work in purgatory. And it's automatic. It's not easy by any stretch of the imagination. Tearing something from our soul like an attachment is very, very hard and it's very, very painful. But we know that it opens us to the grace of God. And that's necessary because if we're going to spend eternity with God, we have to be completely open to God. If his grace is going to infuse our souls, if by his victory we are to be resurrected, we have to be open to that grace and we have to be open to that victory. And so whatever is a barrier between us and God has to be gone somehow. We can do it on earth or we can do it after death. In neither case is it fun, but God gives us a lot of opportunities. Second note on purgatory. Purgatory is something that in the Western Church we consider to be Catholic, not Protestant. It's one of the things that divides us, quote-unquote, from our Protestant brothers and sisters. A lot of this is a debate about history. So one of the things I absolutely love about the Catholic Church is that we did a bunch of stuff that we didn't understand and then figured out how to explain it. If you ever watch the Lamb Chop show, I think of sacramental theology as this is the song that never ends, it goes on and on, my friends. Some people started doing it not knowing what it was, and then they kept on doing it forever just because. That's the Catholic Church. It's good theology, though, because the apostles were given all of these things from Christ, and the apostles handed it on to their followers, and they handed it on to their followers, and we kept doing it because it came from Jesus. And we were faithful to Jesus. We kept doing it even when we didn't understand it. And then praise God for the Middle Ages because we did a lot of work to try to understand it. Purgatory evolved that way. We found ourselves praying for the dead, just like almost every culture and era in the history of the world. And anytime we find something that we're doing, but we need to find an explanation for it, we have to ask, Is this in accord with the will of God, or does this violate the will of God? And so when you find yourself praying for the dead, which is a very natural thing to do, you have to ask, why? What are we doing? Is this okay? And so over the centuries, as the church reflected on that practice, they said, no, there must be something to this. We wouldn't pray for the dead in every culture if there weren't something to this. And so we concluded over many centuries of prayer and reflection that our prayers must do something for the dead. They must assist the dead in some way. And so our doctrine of purgatory has biblical roots. We have images in the Bible of people praying for the dead. But our doctrine of purgatory emerges as the Holy Spirit guides his church to reflect on what we do, to reflect on what we were doing. And we came to the conclusion that if our prayers must do something, and they must do something, those prayers must assist the dead in some way. Well, what do the dead need other than to be with God forever in heaven? Somehow, our prayers assist the dead. Here's the fully fleshed out doctrine. 
We are united to the church in heaven and the church in purgatory. The communion of the Catholic Church never goes away, and we are in communion with all those who have died always. But after death, our free will isn't necessarily taken away from us, but it's focused such that it doesn't really look like we have much choice anymore. We've kind of made our choice on earth, and then that choice is multiplied by eternity after death. Well, the souls in purgatory are doing penance, but we have the ability, as those who are still caught in the battle between good and evil, to continue to do good, to continue to do penance in what I would believe is a more powerful way. Because the fact that we have a choice between good and evil, the fact that we can choose not to do penance or we can choose to do penance, means that when we choose to do penance, it means something. That penance assists our own soul because it brings us close to God and wipes off the plaque. But we can also take that penance and we can give it as a gift. Just like everything in the Christian life, we can give it as a gift. And we give that gift to the dead. Now, all of that goes through the cross, just like everything in Christianity. Our penance unites it, our suffering to Jesus Christ, and the suffering of Jesus Christ was the source of the salvation of the world. And so when we suffer and we unite that suffering to Jesus, it is salvific, not just for ourselves, not just for the living, but also for the dead. Praying for the dead is a beautiful, beautiful Catholic tradition. It is something that we should take seriously. It is something we should engage in. And it is something that should bring us a lot of comfort. Not just because a lot of us are aiming for purgatory, which we shouldn't do, because if we miss, like, where do we land, right? Not just because purgatory assists us, but because it helps us continue that communion and connection with those we have lost. When we lose somebody, we don't want to think they're gone forever. We think, oh, maybe I'll see him again in heaven. But we forget that we can still help them. Even after they're gone, we can still help them with our prayers. So praise God for purgatory. Praise God for All Souls Day. Praise God for the ability to pray for our dead. It's a beautiful cooperation and participation in the salvific work of Christ, and we are blessed to participate in it.